Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Carly Jo coming on the podcast to share both of her birth stories. So thank you for taking the time out of your day, especially with, you know, a little two and a half week old to come on the podcast. Wait, almost three week old, right? Almost. Almost. Okay. Well, yes. Thank you for your time. (laughs) Thank you. So let's just start off. Tell me about how you met your partner, a little bit about yourself and your family. So... Sam and I met, we, I was working in Michigan and they told me that they wanted to send me down to Missouri. I was a utility pole inspector. And, um, so I went down to Missouri and I met him on the job. He was working there too. He's from Pennsylvania and I'm from Michigan. So eventually we decided we wanted to settle down and, uh, he moved to Michigan and we live on my family farm. So that's awesome. Yeah. What, um, what part of Michigan do you guys live in? Um, well, we live in a little town called Memphis. Nobody knows of it. It's like uh, 45 minutes north of Detroit. Oh, okay. My husband is from uh, originally from Stockbridge, but grew up in like, well, went to school in Rochester. Okay. Yeah, that's close. So not close too far because that's like maybe 20, 30 minutes north of Detroit, I would say. Yes. And then I'm actually yeah. from Toledo. So small world. Oh, no way. My dad used to take me, (laughs) my dad used to take me to Toledo to haul grain in the truck with him. (laughs) Yes, that's where I born, raised, grew up, all the things. So that's so funny. Very cool. All right. So let's talk about your first pregnancy and your first birth. How old is that baby now? She is 21 months. 21 months. Okay. Okay. So tell me about finding out you were pregnant with her and just a little bit about your pregnancy. Well, it was kind of a surprise. We, um, we had just moved home. I just got a new job and so did Sam. And, uh, I called him, he was two days on the job and I called him and told him we were pregnant. So <laughs> it was pretty exciting. Had you guys been trying or was it a surprise? It was a surprise. <laughs> All right. Definitely. So what triggered you like to thinking you were pregnant? Did you, did you have the symptoms first where you kind of laid on your cycle? I was laid on my cycle by a day, I think. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm going to try a pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How was your first pregnancy? Did you have like morning sickness? Were there any big bumps in the road? I didn't have much morning sickness. I was, uh, I had like a little nausea and I only threw up once. I was really lucky that way. But I did have a subchorionic hemorrhage, I think is what they call it. Yep. And that was like, I don't know, we weren't very far along. I think we found out we were pregnant and like a week later, um, I had the hemorrhage and I was terrified. I remember being so scared I was losing her. Yes. Yeah. They they are, they're most common normally in that first trimester. I actually had one also with Adeline. Um, and I think I was between like 10 and 12 weeks. And, and of course it's always terrifying. Anytime you bleed during pregnancy, you freak out, of course. Yes. Yes, definitely. So I'm assuming they brought, probably brought you in for an ultrasound and told you that that's what it was. Yes. We sat in the ER for like, oh. a, I don't know, a whole day. And finally they got me in and 
yep they it was just fine baby was fine and um later on they even told me like the the hematoma was so small like it was another um ultrasound tech who told me the hematoma was so small she wouldn't have even mentioned it if it wasn't like if it was her right who took the ultrasound which was interesting to me yeah but i think sometimes if they're super small they like don't even bleed they just kind of get reabsorbed by the body so that's okay. maybe why she probably saw the size and was like oh that'll just get reabsorbed okay that that would be my best guess but <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your first birth then. Um, going into your birth, did you have any like preferences? Did you do birth preparation? What was your vision for your birth? Um, I really wanted a natural birth. I, my sister had had a C-section. Um, she really wanted a natural birth too. And I thought it was going to be so fast for her. I don't know why. I just was like convinced that it was going to be so easy for her. And then like, hours later, she ended up with a C-section because the baby wouldn't come out. And I was terrified of getting a C-section after that. Just the recovery seems so much more difficult. And I'd heard that the recovery was the easiest with a natural birth, no um, meds or anything. And I was like, that's what I want to go for because I want to be up on my feet right away, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you do like any birth preparation, um, anything that you did to like prepare for labor? I really didn't because I was scared. Every time someone told me about their birth or something, I was so scared. Like I didn't, they'd tell me stories and I was like, this is so scary. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't listen to any podcasts about it. I pretty much avoided the subject of labor completely. That's funny. You knew the baby had to come out. You're like, I just don't want to think about it till it's time. Yep. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell me about going into labor and tell me about your labor and birth. This was a cervical check just before I went into labor. Okay. I was 50% effaced. My midwife had told me I was fingertip dilated and I don't, I didn't think I had any signs of labor before that at all, um, coming into it. And then I woke up at 2 a.m with contractions and they were a minute no two minutes apart lasting a minute from the moment they started until the end even um and i had a 34 hour labor with her so that was a lot <laughs> and it was all back labor oh yeah so um Yes. So 2 a.m. I wake up, I go downstairs. I didn't wake Sam up because I don't know. I just figured he should sleep. It was going to be a long, long haul. And, uh, and we live, we have like a split house. My parents are in one side and I'm in the other side with my family. And, um, <laughs> I came downstairs and my mom was sleeping on the couch. It's a long story. Dad was battling cancer and stuff like that but she, i told my mom i said um mom i'm pretty sure i'm in labor and she <laughs> she laughed and um my sister yelled from the other room she goes i knew it it was m my sister's birthday and she knew that i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna have the baby on her birthday and it's january and Christmas was so close 
that Lana's birthday, my sister's birthday always kind of got, you know, looked over because <laughs> it was so close to Christmas. And she's like, she's going to steal my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. From there, oh, I think it was a couple hours later, or it was morning, but for sure. I think it was like 10 o'clock. We went into the hospital because um, I didn't have any idea uh, basically how contractions were going to feel. And they were so close. That's what they told you to do is go in when they were that close. Right. So we had it in and they checked my cervix and I was only one centimeter dilated. And still, I think only 50% effaced. And they sent us home. And they said, they told me, wait until you can't talk through your contractions. I'm like, these people do not know me. <laughs> I could talk through anything. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we came home and I just labored at home for a long time. And I got to the point where I wanted to go back. And my fiance was like, you can still talk through them. We shouldn't go. And I was like, I am going to call Pops, <laughs> which is one of our family friends who told me he would take me to the hospital if I needed someone to drive me. I said, I'm going to call Pops if you don't take me. <laughs> so he, we ended up heading in then. <laughs> Sam took me. And again, they monitored me and... I was still only one centimeter dilated and I was really discouraged because I'm, I don't know, I think it was like five, six hours had passed and nothing had happened. And I was like, this is going to be forever. Right. <laughs> and I still, it was still, um, contractions were still two minutes apart, lasting a minute. And, um, so yeah, they asked me if I wanted they checked to make sure my water didn't break because I'd been in the bath and stuff. They weren't sure. And my water hadn't broken. And um, she asked if I wanted a membrane sweep. And I was like, sure, if it's going to, you know, make this go a little faster, might as well. And um, that hurt. <laughs> but um, they sent us home right after that. And um, on the drive home, it was nighttime now. And um, Sam went into the gas station to get, I think, some drinks or something and um, was fueling up. And by the time he came back, I was halfway in the back seat, halfway in the front seat, like bawling because the contractions had gotten worse from the membrane sweep. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was hard, but we still went home and I was like, with the next pregnancy, I was like, if that happens again, if they give me a membrane sweep at the hospital, I'm going to tell them I need to wait a little bit before I go home. <laughs> because I went home and Sam tried to get some sleep and I tried to get some sleep and I definitely couldn't sleep. So I came downstairs and labored in the tub for, oh, probably two, three hours then. And um, to the point it got pretty bad and I was definitely vocalizing through it. Um, and I went upstairs and I said, Sam, I will do anything to stay in the hospital this time. I mean, we have a 45 minute drive to the hospital. So I was terrified I was going to have the baby in the car. Um, and they, yeah, I said, I'll do anything. I'll take the drugs. I don't care. 
I want to stay this time. <laughs> so um, he took me back and they gave me morphine, I believe it was, and I got to sleep. So that was nice because I hadn't slept. It had been, it was probably about midnight or two o'clock when we got back to the hospital this time. And um, I had not slept, you know, hardly any the night before. So yeah, it was well needed rest. And, um, and Sam got rest too. So that was nice. And I woke up around five, I think it was, and the nurses checked me and I was three centimeters dilated, but like when I roll, oh, that's the part I missed a part of it. So I rolled over when they came to check me and I heard something. I felt kind of, I felt something. It wasn't like a gush necessarily. Everyone's like, their water breaking is really obvious. Mine was not obvious, but when I rolled over, my water did break. And I was like, woohoo. <laughs> I was so happy because that meant we were staying this time for sure. <laughs> and um, so, yes, they checked my cervix. I was three centimeters dilated and they um, like swabbed me for to check if my water had broken, and it did. And they were like, all right, well, that means we'll start Pitocin. And I was all for it because I was like, we've been doing this for 20, over 24 hours now. I'm ready to get things going. And uh, yeah, so Pitocin started. And that wasn't, everyone says Pitocin contractions are worse than regular uh, contractions. But I didn't feel that way at all. I think, I don't know if it was just because I was excited to get a move on and everything, or if it was because my contractions were so close the whole way through anyway. Right. I don't know. I just, they didn't seem, I don't remember any difference between the two. Um, and then they asked me if I wanted any other, anything else. Do I want an epidural? I was like, sure. <laughs> Cause all this other stuff was so nice. <laughs> right. So yeah, I went in thinking that I was going to have like a totally, I wasn't going to have any of the medications and I ended up, I think getting pretty much anything you could get. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they gave me the epidural a couple hours later. I remember that being like the brightest point in my labor. <laughs> it was, I was so like, it was just so nice. The anesthesiologist came, the anesthesiologist came in mm -hmm. and he was so calm and my nurse was so sweet. I loved this nurse. Her name was Heather and she just was awesome. And, um, he went around to my back and did what he had to do. And my nurse held me, she like hugged me while um, he gave me the epidural and the room, all the lights were on in the room. And I just remember it being like so calm and peaceful. And then I, there was no pain anymore. And it was so nice. <laughs> yes. After that, it was pretty much just waiting. The baby came down, she came down nice. Um, on her own and at, I don't know, it was, it had to be like 350 or something like that, 345. Um, I started feeling like I needed to push. I 
and I was like, she is coming. And the nurses were like, oh, oh. <laughs> like the, apparently the doctor wasn't there yet or something. And the nurses looked at each other. Like, I remember seeing them look at each other, like, oh, <laughs> this isn't good, <laughs> but it worked out fine. Doctor came in. Um, and I pushed for 20 minutes. That's great. And I think it was about 20 minutes. It was like four or four to six contractions and she was out and on my chest. And it was so cool when I was pushing too, because um, there were a lot of people in the room and I, they were all like cheering. <laughs> it was really cool. So yeah, she, she came out, she was on my chest. She, she was pretty, like, she didn't cry too much when she came out and she was just looking like her eyes were wide open she was just ready to be here and it was so cool and that's that's my daughter Raina 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 Joe <laughs> and she was born January 10th so she wasn't born on my sister's birthday <laughs> <laughs> and she was 20 inches long and seven pounds that's awesome. It was perfect. <laughs> I love how like you went into that birth with the plan of having like an unmedicated natural birth, but you were like the epidural was the greatest part of it. Like that's just great yes. that you were able to be flexible, you know, and and I always say that in like every podcast where a birth plan doesn't go as somebody intended, like having that mindset of being flexible in the moment is the best thing you can do because you know, something that somebody else might've been so upset over having to get an epidural. You were like, it was like the brightest part of my whole birth. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. It was so nice. <laughs> All right. And, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, also like part of my, I think my epidural kind of wore off, mm -hmm. um, too. So when I was pushing, I could feel some of it. That's great. But, um, it was, I, I thought it was a bad thing at first, but after hearing so many birth stories and stuff, I think it probably was a good thing that I could feel enough to push. I think that's probably why pushing didn't take as long because I had for some sure. feeling down there. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you want, that's a good epidural when you can kind of feel, you know, not to where you're like excruciating pain, but you can just focus that, that pushing effort when you can feel a little bit. And that probably is a huge, you know, part of only pushing for 20 minutes. Yes. Yes. All right. So now let's go into your second birth story with your two week old, almost three week old. So yes. tell me, and is this another girl? Yes. Okay. So tell yes, me. Yes. And this time we didn't find out the gender. Oh, okay. And yeah. We, she was a surprise. So, <laughs> so um, tell me about finding out you were pregnant with her. Well, um, Raina was just over one when we found out we were pregnant and we, we weren't trying necessarily she was a surprise again two surprises um and uh i this time i didn't immediately or i like so the first time i was um so excited i called him immediately and he was at work and everything and this time i like waited a minute and I went and got him and I videoed it and um he was shocked and scared because Raina was so colicky um that he was kind of like oh no <laughs> and I was kind of because she she was like I said just over a year so she's walking and stuff but like we didn't know what we were in for with two <laughs> yeah. so that was 
exciting finding out for sure. Mm -hmm. I definitely, um, having already had a child and stuff, like I knew what we were in for and it was so crazy. Basically from the get go, I was excited to give birth again and try and have that natural birth that I wanted the first time. Like, like I said, I wasn't disappointed with the first time and having, um, meds. It was so nice. But this time I was like, I really want to try for an unmedicated birth and see how it goes. That's so. And how was your second pregnancy? Even, you know, when compared to your first, how was it Um, kind of the same? I know you said you had a little bit of nausea, but nothing um, big. How was that? Again, again, I had nausea, but this time was a lot harder. Um, This pregnancy was a lot harder. Actually, like um, emotionally, I felt like um, I did a lot better the second time. Um, But I had a lot of... um, like medical issues. So I found out early on in my pregnancy that I found out early on in my pregnancy that I have this blood clotting disorder called factor five Leiden. Mm -hmm. I only have one mutation, so it's not as dangerous, but in, and, and I don't have to do anything for it when I'm not pregnant or postpartum, but, um, when I am pregnant, um, I have to do injections and that was a little daunting. I had to, um, blood thinner injections. Um, so that was once a day until I got to 36 weeks and then they switched me to heparin, which was twice a day. I remember when I found out that I had that, I was so, I was looking everywhere for someone who had this. Um, and went through pregnancy with it and had to get the injections and stuff. And I could not find any resources. So um, that was, or well, I, I finally found them, but I, um, there's like a Facebook group that talks about it and stuff like that. So that helps. But um, I was definitely searching for like podcasts for it and couldn't find anyone who'd had it. So um, did you find out you had that? Um, my sister, my older sister had had a, um, blood clot and she went into the hospital for it and found out that she had factor five lagging and it's a genetic thing that you get from one of your parents. And we, we don't have the same mom, but we do have the same dad and their mom got checked for it and didn't have it. So, um, she said, you should probably see if you've got that. Cause it's supposed to be a little bit dangerous in pregnancy. Right. And, uh, um, so I asked my OB and they hardly knew anything about it when I asked, well, my OB knew about it, but, um, my nurse was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> and she's, oh my gosh, she's the coolest nurse ever. But, um, yeah, it was, it was funny. She, I didn't have not heard of that. I don't know what that is. I'm going to go have to ask the doctor. And so, and I never thought I was going to have it. I was like, Oh, this is, we're just like, you know, as a precaution, we're going to run this test. And then it turns out I have it. And then, so after that, I found out 
Oh, that like the normal time that you find out that you've got gestational diabetes. That was about when I found out just they ran the normal tests and um, I had that. So more poking, yep. <laughs> but luckily- Did you have to take insulin or were you able to control it with your diet? Luckily I could control it with my diet. That's so yeah, that was a blessing. Yes. <laughs> and then- um, I also found out that I had low, oh, I had low platelets with both pregnancies. Okay. Um, but they weren't worried about it in the first one. The second one, they were worried about it because of the blood thinners. Right. Right. Um, so they had me talk to hematology, hematology said they were less worried about the platelets and more worried about the fact that my iron was extremely low. Mm. So they put me on an iron supplement and they... Um, and then my OB had me take, um, a Z pack, I think is what a steroid took steroids mm -hmm. to get my platelets up because if I didn't have my platelets up to a hundred before I went into labor, I could not get an epidural if I wanted it. Yep. And I was like, well, I want the option again, yeah. because last time it was so nice. Right. Yeah. So very different from. Very different from your first pregnancy. <laughs> very different. Yeah. Very, it, very different. It sounds like you were, you know, able to, of course, obviously you had to do the blood thinner injections, you, but you were able to manage your gestational diabetes with your diet and everything. So, um, yes. you know, that, that is, that's a, a big plus of, you know, having, having multiple things that were very different from your first, I'm sure it was a big learning curve, especially just being pregnant and then having to learn, like you said about that factor five light in gestational diabetes, platelets, iron, all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot to learn throughout yes. the whole thing, but, um, definitely I stayed very positive through it. I was surprised because like, I mean, there were times where it definitely got to me, but for the most part, I was just ready to meet my baby yes. <laughs> the whole way through. And I know you said that you were planning a natural birth, um, still wanted the option for the epidural. Did you do anything as far as birth preparation for this pregnancy? I know the first one you said, you know, you avoided it until labor was, was happening. Um, did you kind of go about it the same way? No, this time I was like into all of them. I wanted to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, I listened to your podcast. Um, I listened to the birth hour. Um, I didn't really read all that much, but it was mostly just like, I wanted to know everyone's story. And I also was looking for some, a story like mine too. Right. Um, and I haven't heard many people say that their contractions just started and were like insane until the end. You know what I mean? So, um, I was looking for something like that and I, I still haven't found a story quite like it. <laughs> right. So. But yeah, I listened to thousands of podcasts, it feels like at this point. It was like my comfort was to listen to birth stories. Yeah, of course. Did um, you do um, any like physical preparation? Um. Oh, with both pregnancies, I did, um, what's that called? Raspberry leaf tea. Yep, I read raspberry leaf tea. Yes. And I definitely like... Um, this time around, I felt contractions almost every time I, um, drank it, well, cramping or whatever you yeah. want to call it. it. I definitely felt 
my uterus doing stuff when I drank those. <laughs> yes. Insane. Yeah. I got lots of Braxton Hicks from the red raspberry leaf too, too. At one point I was like, I got to cut this down a little bit because they're <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yes. Yes. They can be for sure. Well, oh, and that's another thing with this, um, pregnancy, I started having contractions or Braxton Hicks or cramping, whatever you want to call it a, a month before I had her. So I was 36 weeks. So at nighttime, I started getting these, what I thought were contractions. I couldn't sleep in the same bed as, cause my um, daughter sleeps with us and my hubby. And I was like, I could not roll over. So I ended up sleeping in our spare room. Most of like the end of my pregnancy, third trimester, I was like on my own. Yes. <laughs> I came downstairs and I had contractions. I think they started at 10 o'clock and they, they kind of subsided when I went to sleep. And then I woke up in the morning and it was going on still. And I didn't know what to do with my blood thinner. I didn't know if I was supposed to take it or not. And it was, I was still on Lovenox when I was supposed to be on heparin by the time I was giving birth. So I had no idea what I was supposed to do. So I called labor and delivery. It was a weekend. And they told me, they said, well, are they, you know, are they real contractions? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have anything beforehand with Raina. So I figured probably they were contractions. And they said, okay, well, we'll just have you come in. We'll monitor you and see what's going on and make sure baby's good. And um, we'll decide what to do after that. And um, on the ride to the hospital, everything stopped. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went in anyway and they monitored me and they said, okay, well, um, and they gave me the lowdown, like, don't take your meds. If you think you're coming in for, um, to give birth, don't take the, um, blood thinner. So I felt more comfortable then once I knew that. And yeah, I just had um, cramping or um, Braxton Hicks pretty much every day after that <laughs> until yeah. I had her. I think mine started like before 30 weeks and I would have them every day. Sometimes like wake me up in the night. I'd have to get up, go out to the living room, sit on the couch for an hour or two and they would subside. Um, but they're, they're annoying and your stomach gets tight. They feel, you know, pretty legit, but they're not necessarily painful. And that's what I always told myself. I'm like, okay, these aren't painful yet. So they're like, they must be Braxton yeah. Hicks, <laughs> but it, it's yeah. really hard. It took me a while to really know the difference. Cause at first you're like, oh, these are, you know, contractions and it yeah. can definitely, they can trick you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did start getting, um, painful contractions like two weeks out. Right. For sure. And they would stop when I'd go to sleep and I would be so angry <laughs> because I was like, I thought this was it again. Right. <laughs> um, so tell me about going into labor, real labor <laughs> and how your yeah. labor was. So 10 o'clock, my contractions started and it was the day I had, oh, okay. So they scheduled me for an induction, mm -hmm. um, at 39 weeks. They didn't want me to go over my due date. Um, they didn't want me to go to 40 weeks, I guess, even, um, because of the gestational diabetes. And, um, they said there could be complications if we go too long. So, um, 
they scheduled me for an induction. And so yeah, the night of the night before the induction at 10 o'clock, my contractions hit again. And this time they were painful. I, but I didn't at this point believe that they would be real. <laughs> like they weren't going to lead to anything. I'm just waiting until I go to my induction. You know, I just figured, all right, I'm just going to try and get some sleep because it's going to be a long day tomorrow. And I could not sleep. And they were, again, they were um, two minutes apart, lasting a minute. And that's about how all the other, um, the Braxton Hicks were beforehand too. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not real. I don't know why I can't sleep, but it's not real. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got up and I got in the bath and um, I figured they'd stop with the bath and I didn't stop. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I, I think I laid in the bath for maybe a couple hours and it, it was around two o'clock. Then I went upstairs to my room. I didn't want to wake um, Sam and Raina, they were sleeping downstairs at this point. Normally they sleep upstairs, but they were sleeping downstairs that night because my mom was going to be watching her. And um, so I went up there. I didn't want to wake them up. And <laughs> I started like bouncing on the ball. And I tried like listening to some like uh, birth affirmations. And um, while I was bouncing on the ball, they were getting painful, really painful. And uh, to the point where like I was singing through them to calm myself. Like I, I, I sing and I figured that it would make me feel better to focus on something like that. So I turned on some music and I was singing through them. And in my head, I'm like, okay, these are painful. And I'm really having to like, focus to get through them but they told me the first time if you can talk through them you know it's not time to come to the hospital and I was singing through them so (laughs) you know I couldn't have been ready to go to the hospital in my head I thought and um shortly after that I started like feeling a little weepy and I was like you know what I don't want to do this alone anymore um so I went to my mom and woke her up to, so she could um, go join my daughter and I could get Sam up. And I tapped on his leg and I said, we got to go. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, as I was walking out to the car, my legs were shaking. And I was like, oh no. Like I've listened to a lot of birth stories and most people say that that means they're in transition. <laughs> like, I was, uh oh, I think I lost you. You didn't. I'm still here. She's just crying. So I'm going to, um, she's at her three hour mark. So I'm going to feed her while we finish up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I just turned off my camera, but keep on going. I'm going to mute right. myself too for a second, but you're good. It'll still record. Okay. okay. So um, my legs were shaking and I was like, I think I might be in transition, but part of me was still saying like, no. Like the contractions aren't bad enough. They have to get worse than this. But Sam had to help me to the car and he put me, he put me into the car and 
we're driving along and I, all I kept saying was, I'm going to meet my baby soon. I'm going to meet my baby soon. And I was definitely in transition in the car, but part of me still thought it was, it had to get worse. And, um, we got to the hospital and Sam had to carry me or like, like, you know, like walk me to the wheelchair and he, um, pushed me in and the, the security guards were like, kind of like, what's going on? And, um, Sam goes, she needs to go to labor and delivery. I'm going to go park the car. And, um, one of the security guards was walking ahead, getting the doors and the other one was pushing me and, um, I'm screaming, <laughs> I'm screaming. And, um, we, when he pushed me into the elevator, I was having a contraction and I was screaming and he goes, after it was done, he goes, what number baby is this for you? I said, second. And when he asked me what number baby it was, I could hear fear in this man's voice. I was <laughs> terrified that he was going to have to give birth to the baby in the elevator. Oh goodness. <laughs> and um, I don't remember much. Uh, it gets a little blurry from there. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, they got me to the room and the resident was um, asking me questions. And I looked at him and I said, can I get pain management, please? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, and I owe him so much for saying this. He said, um, yeah, we can get you pain management, but first we need to check your cervix. And I said, okay. And uh, he got, they got me on the bed and they, they had to like coax me out of all of my clothing, like <laughs> take your shoes off, take your, like everything got me into the gown and they told me to lay down and I was, I did not want anything to do with laying down. <laughs> and, um, but finally I did. And he said, all right, now I got to check your cervix. And I was like, no, <laughs> I did not want him to check my cervix at all. Um, but somehow I was able to relax enough for him to. And as soon as he checked my water or I had a contraction so hard. Um, my, my body bore down with that contraction and I'd never experienced that before. Um, my body bore down without my like consent. Yes. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh, it was so crazy. And then, um, my water also immediately broke and like exploded. <laughs> uh, and then, um, I heard him say, she's complete. And, um, yeah, I was, I, my body was pushing at that point. <laughs> yeah. So from the time that we got to the hospital till the time they got me in the bed was, or actually from the time they got me to the hospital to the time, um, I had my baby was 14 minutes. Oh Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was crazy. So, um, yeah, I pushed for maybe, um, four contractions again. And, um, the, I don't think I helped my body with any of the contractions except for the last one, <laughs> um, or any of the pushing. Right. And yeah, I pushed her out and 
yeah, that was the craziest thing. I, it took me a long time to wrap my mind around it because it was just so fast on the hospital record. It says I only pushed for like four minutes. So yeah, it was insane. Yeah. I feel like when you have those Braxton Hicks, um, like contractions for so long throughout your pregnancy that it almost does put you into like this denial when you actually go into labor. So it makes you, you're like, no, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then, you know, you come, like you said, you came to the hospital and 14 minutes later you had a baby. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yes. From your first birth. That's for sure. So different. Yeah. It was with Raina. My birth was 34 hours and with, um, Oakley, who was a girl. Yeah. We found out, or we didn't, we didn't find out the gender while I was pregnant. So, um, she, they put her on my chest and like, I, she didn't cry. Um, and I, I remember asking, why isn't she crying? And she was fine. She did end up crying after that a little bit. Um, but she was also pretty wide eyed and like, just ready to be there. And yeah. (laughs) yeah, And she, um, and I remember just thinking about why wasn't she crying and how insane that birth was. And one of the nurses was talking to me and they were sewing me up and, oh, and this time was so different because they needed to like massage my stomach to, or the, I don't know, just getting the placenta out was different because I felt it. Yes. You know, I, I didn't have the epidural this time and it was a little painful, but it wasn't anything compared to birth. So, um, and, and I could feel them sewing me up a little bit too. They give, they numb you, but you know, still kind of painful. Yes. And, uh, I had a second degree tear with both my girls. So I was thinking about all that and I didn't even really think about the gender right away. <laughs> and finally, I was like, wait, is it a girl or a boy? And Sam was like, it's a girl. <laughs> That's awesome. That's oh, and so luckily Sam made it into the room because I mean, oh yeah, he I was parking the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He must have ran. That is so funny. So yeah, he was there for when they checked my cervix up until the end, but I don't think, I think that's about when he got in there. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's great. That's the, that's the way to do it. If you're going to, if you're going to do it without pain medicine, for sure. Oh yeah. If it wasn't for it being so fast, I totally would have gotten medicine for sure. And so how has postpartum been? How has healing been? With Oakley, I healed so much faster than with Raina. Yeah, I hardly, I didn't even have to take um, my Motrin. Like, it was like three days later, I was done. I didn't need any pain uh, medications anymore or anything. And I remember with Raina, I like, I had to use them until it was over, like, or until I was pretty much out of them. So that was quite a bit of healing. I don't remember how long it took with Raina to heal, but it was probably, I don't know, two or three weeks, I think, until I felt like really comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I also, so I came home from the hospital with Raina and I felt good and I went for a walk. And I think with like a second degree tear, I probably shouldn't have been walking the first day I got home, (laughs) (laughs) but I went for a walk and um, yeah, so I think I didn't really help my healing that much. I'm always someone who kind of pushes the envelope when it comes to that stuff. 
And uh, this time I rested better. And I mean, I kind of had to, I had a toddler and a newborn at the same time and everyone was getting used to everything. (laughs) Yes. Big transition for sure. Oh yeah. All right, Carly. Well, thank you for sharing both of your birth stories on the podcast. If you had to give like one top piece of advice for moms, what would it be? Uh, I think it would be, so with both of my pregnancies, I had somebody going through it with me, like just about the same, you know, um, the first time I had someone who was two months, uh, my best friend was two months behind me in pregnancy. And this time I had a friend who was three weeks ahead of me. And I would say, find someone who's going through pregnancy too. Um, because it can be kind of lonely, I feel like, and, and people don't quite remember it the same way. And it's really nice to have someone who's like right there with you. Yeah. I love that. I think that's important. Like to have somebody to, you know, just relate to and just be, be in it with you, especially postpartum. Like it's even better postpartum because postpartum is so hard and having somebody you can, you know, be texting at 2am because they're up, you know, taking care of their baby also is kind of (laughs) nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Carly. Well, thank you for just taking the time out of your busy day, you know, with, with your babies to come on the podcast and share your birth stories. It was great chatting with you and just getting to hear about both of your births. Yes, it was nice talking to you too. Thank you for having me. Episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.